Dawn, uh -huh. of all the most ridiculous things that we have ever done and the most ADHD things ever that have happened while we've been recording, uh -huh. this is, without a doubt, far and away, the most ridiculous interview that we have <laughs> ever done. It just all fell to pieces. And, you know, and it wasn't even our fault. And it wasn't even our fault. I was just about to say that. And not because we're saying we are separate from our symptoms, which we are, but because actually the elements were against us. Yeah, so on this episode, <laughs> my internet decided that it was just going to give up. up. Yeah, And it was when we were still, well, we were both better but we just didn't want to risk being in the same room just in case there was any germs still lingering. Yeah. So this is the last interview we did separately. Um, and Dawn just kept freezing. I mean, there was a very funny point on Zoom where you were just a frozen face and I genuinely couldn't tell if you were just deep in thought <laughs> or frozen. <laughs> it's honestly ridiculous. The worst part is, is I just upgraded my broadband at home because I thought my old broadband wasn't so good. So I just got a new broadband installed. It's all been working perfectly. Yes. And for just some reason, everything no, started sticking. It, it wasn't some reason. It's because we had the most horrendous storm. Well, that is true. Like literally hailstones, thunder and lightning. And our guest, well, I will introduce her now because it makes sense to. <laughs> the wonderful Hannah Walker-Brown is an award-winning documentary maker, creative director and author. And she has the patience of a saint. She really because does. this wonderful person just sat and persevered while we had to log in, log out, send new links. At one point, it is just me doing the interview because Dawn <laughs> could not get in at all. And yeah, God love you, Hannah, for persevering. I know, what an absolute Absol trooper. I think the usual the usual 40 minutes that we record for... Oh, it was hours. It was, it was at least an hour and a half. Yeah, it yeah. was hours. And we came in and out a million times. And um, Hannah even said, when I messaged afterwards and said, like, thank you so much for persevering, she said, no, we caused a storm. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to do. So we connected with Hannah. Well, actually heard of Hannah for a while, but actually connected with Hannah when all the Guardian shit that that terrible article came out and we really connected then yeah and um yeah Hannah is an absolute ledge we really appreciate her support and we are fully behind what she's doing too so she's put a call out to get in touch with her for a project that she's doing so I believe that she is doing a podcast of some sort mm -hmm. and as ever we are all about collaborating. This community is exactly that, and we need to stay strong together. Absolutely. So any podcast, any ADHD podcast, like we said on the boys' podcast, just like, sorry, the ADHD adults did for us, the more the merrier. The more we can unite, the more we can join forces to fight for this cause. Like, we are all on the same team. So, yeah, get in touch with Hannah. What, what does it say? Do you find she says, were you diagnosed with ADHD, OCD, autism, or dyslexia as an adult? She'd love to speak to you. Send her an email at um, late to the party pods at gmail.com. Yes. So do that. And yeah, I mean, the other thing to note about this episode is just that there's so much there. Like, we so much. loved talking. We love talking to Hannah. This is, there's just literally so much in this episode. Um, and so that's why it was all the more disheartening where we kept losing each oh. other because it was like, and then at one point it was like, right, should we give up? 
should we start again another day? And it was just like, I really don't want to because mm-hmm. this is such a good chat. So, yeah. I was just like, Lord, I just keep going keep without going, me. Keep going. Keep going what question are we up to? What do we do? <laughs> and I would just occasionally <laughs> pop back in and be like, no, I think I made it back right at the end you as did. well. You came back for like the last two seconds. So, enjoy this very bumpy ride on the late ADHD diagnosis roller coaster. Um, and yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, and yeah, just massive thanks to Hannah, who is an absolute ledge. And thank you to our patrons, in particular our gold members who are credited in the blurb description of this episode. We know that times are hard and it's asking a lot to ask for support and we know that not everybody can afford to, but the solution we've come up with is starting a community platform in which we can chat as opposed to the messages, which means that we've built this community. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that's changing is that we're not answering messages anymore. We are unable to continue doing that for free um, just because it's time that I'm not putting into paid work. And it means that Dawn is having to work without any support from the podcast, which means that that's all the more work for me and it's all just catastrophic and we can't continue. So in order to keep getting the podcast out, which will always be free, and our social media, which will always be free because that's what raises the awareness, we need the support of those that can help us um, those that we have helped that can help us to yeah get on board and join our community which will enable us to continue putting out a podcast a week and it's a space for you to come to to support each other learn from each other teach each other help each other yeah it's amazing and just um, yeah come together so that we're not alone and we don't have to suffer alone and it's really great for me when I can't sleep and chat to people <laughs> <laughs> um, it's patreon.com forward slash ADHD as female there are three different tiers or alternatively if you're not in a position where you can sign up to a monthly outgoing but you would like to make a donation you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash ADHD is females yes that's the first time I ever remembered it and the I first know. time you've ever forgotten I it I forgot it there I totally <laughs> forgot it um, yeah so you can buy us a coffee it's essentially like a tip jar it's a tip yeah and you can also it's a one-off yeah it's a one-off payment but you can there also is an option where you can donate two pounds a month as well if that's something that you as a, yeah. that you feel is suitable for you and uh, again that's just as a tip yeah and if you double that to four you can join our community um so anyway enough of that massive thank you to hannah and um yeah for this ridiculous thunderbolts and lightning of an episode enjoy enjoy ADHDS females ADHDAF ADHDS females the podcast hi i'm dawn hi i'm laura and, and we, we are ADHD, ADHD AF. seriously we are two neurodivergent neighbours who moved to the same street at the same time, at the same age, with the same undiagnosed disability. What are the chances? Since discovering the enormous impact ADHD has had on our lives and the horrifying numbers of missing undiagnosed females, it has become our mission to make some serious noise. We want to use our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others. So join us for a chat, or as it's called up here in Aberdeen, a blether. (laughs) Trigger warning, we will be covering some really sensitive topics, so please do have a read of the description of each episode before listening. It's important to note that we are not medical professionals, we're not therapists or coaches. 
we're not qualified to offer advice or support. What we will do is share our experiences alongside resources and information from professionals. We will talk over each other (laughs) and we will go off topic and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence. We are both assigned female at birth, which means that we can only speak from the experience of life as AFAB people. However, ADHDAF is an inclusive space. Whatever your gender, you are very welcome here. Yes, you are. ADHDS females, ADHDAF. So we are very excited to have a very special guest with us. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. No, not at all. We are so excited to have you here. We are. So can you please tell our guests your name, age, occupation, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Hannah Walker-Brown. I'm 33. I well, My occupation is kind of many, many things, which I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to. So yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I always think about it as like the doing rather than the titles, but I guess titles is easier. So I'm creative director of a podcast production company. I'm also an author. I guess my background is kind of documentary, music and audio. And then I also teach a bit of yoga on the side. Just, just, you know, just to sprinkle that on top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there has to be zen in all of that. So. Uh, yeah, oh, I mean, that was why, really. And I stopped for a few years. And then recently I've been like, oh, what's that thing that really levels me that I don't do anymore? You know, when you're like trying to figure <laughs> it out. And then I started doing it again. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's why I did that. But I think it is that thing of I like to do a lot of things and I can. not always in a healthy way like burnout is quite prevalent a lot but I think all I can I do so we'll see how that goes for the next sort of 33 years but yeah I guess storytelling is my thing human stories yeah in in different forms yeah in all formats yeah and and actually kind of taking some big world stuff and making it human so trying to kind of educate and inform but in a way that is more inclusive that more people can have an awareness and and ultimately then make kind of safe choices around things like I guess politics or sport or Mm. yeah all kinds of things so that makes sense yeah Yeah. it does I think what you said about how like you felt like it's like you found the key with yoga and then you just kind of just put it down and miss yeah. it. <laughs> oh, this works. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, that's my self-destruct, I think. What are the things that are good for me? Oh, yeah, like yoga, drinking water, exercise, and I'll just stop doing those. And then yeah. I'm two weeks <laughs> in and I'm like, why do I feel like shit? And then someone will say, you know, what's your routine like? And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm watching a thousand things on Netflix and then I'm getting in a whole bloody... I don't know, searching something, ending up somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing the things that are good for me. But that's <laughs> yeah. like the first thing that goes. It's like, yeah. I feel like, you know, when it's that feeling of like, oh, I don't deserve to feel good. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, then it's like a vicious cycle. And then I get myself out of it. But I'm like, do we have to do this? Like yeah. every time. You never learn. You never learn. Never. <laughs> never. Whereabouts are you? Well, I'm in East London. I was born in London, but brought up slightly. I was going to say up north, but you two are really north. (laughs) I'm I'm in the middle, um, (laughs) which is why I kind of have northern vowels. So I say like Bath, not Bath. Um, (laughs) I moved to Spain for a bit. 
after the first lockdown just because I found London very very intense like energetically just the whole thing I found really really difficult. How did you come to suspect you had ADHD? Well it's quite a long journey I guess. I'd basically been going to see doctors for I'd say about 10 years. I've Mm. had like terrible insomnia since I was a kid like very in my own head big imagination like clever absolutely shit at maths anything where there was like a right answer or only one answer I just couldn't get my head around it um like on my I remember on my GCSEs it was all like A's and A stars and then a U for maths like I failed the entire thing and everyone was like this doesn't make any sense so that like I'd never considered ADHD but I wasn't sleeping I would procrastinate a lot I was getting burnout I remember my second year of uni I was hospitalized with burnout and they yeah they could they didn't know what was wrong but I was just exhausted to the point of like I'd I'd really fucked myself and I remember I was living in a student house and um I was working at the student bar and I hadn't turned up for a shift and they called one of my housemates who also worked there and she couldn't wake me up so they had to call a doctor who came over I then sort of was like coming round and now yeah I was in hospital for I think four days at uni but didn't even think because I'd been like, you know, obviously going out and partying, doing student stuff. But I'd got really involved with like my uni course. I did drama. So I was like doing all the extracurricular stuff, just like, you know, doing as much as I could because I could. And no one said, you know, maybe this isn't right. Yeah. yeah. For so long I was like, it's just my process. It's just my artistic process. You know, it's just what I do. Like I do all this work and then I feel shit and then I feel better again but so there was like a lot of things that I was starting to kind of reconcile weren't quite right but every time I went to the doctor they'd give me antidepressants Mm. or they'd give me um anxiety tablets and I was like I do feel depressed sometimes and I do feel anxious sometimes but that's not it and I think even like some of the side effects of those drugs I barely ever took any the only ones I took was when they gave me um Valium once she gave me two and I was like well that'll be nice for a good night's sleep but all the other like drugs just you know I didn't want to feel suicidal or psychotic or any of these other things that they had so I just I basically would buy them because I'm an idiot or like you know you pay for the prescription and Mm. then they just go in a drawer and that was it and I just collected all of these things and it was in 2020 and a friend of mine was going through an autism diagnosis and she had been through kind of all of that and she said to me I think you should have a look at this because when I was in Spain it was like the first time I'd lived by myself Mm. and I think when you're alone suddenly you know you are confronted with everything there's nowhere really to hide from yourself is there it's like if you've got mates they diffuse or you fight or whatever but also in Spain we then got a curfew so we had to be in at night so then I was like by myself at night or all the time And there were a lot of things that kind of started to come out that I just couldn't really not face anymore. And then hearing my friend say that, very good friend at the time, and some of the kind of criteria, then I just started looking into it. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and it's like, I don't know, I guess getting the diagnosis was like the big relief, but actually realising that that might be what it is and having had no reference before, because I think it reached a point where I was like, I'm either mad like I'm actually insane or maybe I am just really depressed and I think it got to a point that I was I was a bit worried about what I would do I think you know not in a kind of dramatic way but I was like I don't know if I can deal with this anymore if I don't know how to deal with it 
And yes. at that point, I guess the catalyst actually, so I I was writing a book and I would sit for like 12 hours and not be able to do anything. Like to, just almost like paralyzed by yes. not being able to start. And I was like, this ain't right. Like this isn't even, you know, people palm it off as like, oh, it's writer's block. I'm like, no, it's this isn't it. It's not that. Just all these kind of things going in. And that's when I sort of started looking into it a bit more seriously, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting what you say about lockdown, because there's a lot being said about that. These kind of coping me- coping mechanisms that we have unknowingly built around us. So even though yeah. like when you're consciously recognizing what the problem is, we're, we're sort of troubleshooting and building these bubbles around us throughout our lives. And lockdown just cut right through all of that. We were yeah. just stuck as we were with none of our normal distractions or comfort or vices or whatever to yeah. just actually look back at yourself like oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> totally and a massive thing for me was and I've done this since I was a kid I I will walk hours in a day I need to get out and go for a walk that's how I kind of you know get rid of the excess energy that I have or you know if my brain's working really in overtime I walk and walk and only being able to do that walk once or being told I could only do that walk once that was it like that I really got into kind of some trouble mentally because Mm. I knew that I needed to be able to do that that's the thing that kind of would regulate me before I even knew about the ADHD and so from then it just sort of became a spiral um and then I moved to Spain and it spiraled a bit more and then um that was you know the start of the good bit when you know going towards a diagnosis getting the answers yeah 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 so you were saying it was your friend that was looking into autism so do you have autism and ADHD well very um low end of the spectrum autism okay but ADHD is very dominant mm-hmm. in the so do, in... You have, do you have a um an autism diagnosis I don't have an official one but the psychiatrist that did the ADHD one said that's what he thinks is going on yeah but the ADHD is the thing I talk about because I know that and I have, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, it's yeah. not something that I sort of platform, but given that, you know, that was a professional, all the kind of yeah. the the tests and the talks and, you know, the whole system that you have to go through, he was mm-hmm. like, it's likely. It's like, do you want to do that? And I was like, no, not right now. Like, I don't need yeah. to go through that whole thing again. <laughs> This is um, enough. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we'll save that, you know. Common comorbidity, isn't it? Or sorry, yeah. I think it's that ADHD is a common comorbidity of autism, but I might have that yeah. wrong and I don't want to say the wrong thing, but yeah. Yeah, and actually I just feel like this there's, there's so much that we don't know that I'm sure there, you know, I I I hope eventually there'll be a way that you can kind of combine all of that together because I think going through a diagnosis is really stressful and it's really intense and the way that it's structured I just don't think is very helpful for someone with ADHD like yeah. you know you're waiting for ages there's like a lot of paper there's a lot of kind of systems things and I struggle not getting um if it's just a, a new instruction that's just written down I'm really struggle with that. I need someone to demonstrate. No mm. one's demonstrating. So, you know, you have to kind of figure it all out on your own. And I just think there must be an easier way to do it. But, yeah. So yeah. on that note, how was the diagnosis process for you? There's actually a good story. So when I thought I called my doctor from Spain, my doctor in London, I remember calling them because I still was registered there. And I, I think I basically begged her 
I probably shouted a bit but at that point I think I was quite <laughs> desperate yeah. and she refused to even acknowledge it refused to even discuss it oh, wow. with me. and then someone had posted on Instagram the Psychiatry UK reference letter thing and I'd seen it spoken to the friend who had the autism diagnosis and said do you think this is legit do you think this is real she said she thought it was so then I called my doctor back and I asked her about it and she was almost annoyed that I had found it like she must have known that that was a thing because she was like oh okay send it over and in Southwark where I was living at the time um I don't know if it's the same in every London borough but it was there you have to go to a board to decide who they will back or who they will give the reference to for a diagnosis because I think at that point there were a lot of people and she said to me loads of women think they have this and I was like maybe they do like don't doubt it yeah so she took it to a board and they obviously saw all of my records so all of those times that I'd gone to ask for you know help or whatever been given antidepressants anxiety blah 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 and my doctor said she wasn't going to back me and I was like I can't afford to pay this um thing I you know I was gearing up to kind of ask my parents to help me Mm. and then I got this phone call and I, I was at my dad's and it was just before was it just after Christmas maybe maybe like the start of Jan and this woman who I'd never met before said she was a doctor she had been in that board meeting when they'd taken it to them she had argued that she you know categorically I that's what I had and um she she'd never met me she'd just seen my records and she said she'd write the reference for me and that was it and I was like Really? You know, when you're just like, oh my I God, like I'm going to cry. Well, first of all, I was like, is this a joke? And she was like, no, I, I really, you know, I want to help you. Um, And that was it. And then so she put the whole process through. And then from then it was, I think it was maybe eight weeks yeah. to wait. And then, well, then you have to like, had my dad had to do a form, another friend had to do a form, I had to do the form, and then I had my first assessment. Yeah, it must be about two months later. But yeah, if she hadn't backed me, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, where'd you be? When you think about it like that, you've got this kind of idea of, oh, you know, let's say it, it's a trend. In its yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is true. <laughs> there are lots of people coming in all at once. So another one, this is hysteria. I'm not yeah. giving any time to this and then a person who is actually educated in in what it what it would look like if if yeah. a diagnosis was missed to this point it's exactly that it's textbook yeah. that it's not even innocent it's like yeah it was like innocent until proven guilty and it's like we well, don't have it until I prove you do but I have the power to prove that you do so therefore yeah. you don't have it and I'm like yeah. like just 10 years of like weird drug prescriptions that I'd never take because I'd never return for a repeat prescription so they must have known that that was that but yeah I don't know so I'm not with that doctor anymore um, (laughs) so and luckily I mean I've been waiting two years now for um ADHD specific therapy just because the wait list is so long and they said initially they said oh it's gonna have to go through your GP and at the time I was still with her and I was like Mm. oh no not her and then they were like oh no it's because it's the other woman that wrote the thing it goes through her and I was like well she's my angel so (laughs) (laughs) and she did I was like I've never met her but yeah so I mean I'm still waiting but at least it's kind of in a system is it therapy that you've opted for or are you looking into medication as well 
No, I didn't go down the medication route. Initially, I think I felt more confident in my ability to handle it. Yeah. Um, I think initially, relief and clarity sort of overrode everything. I have like, you know, without sounding like a wanker, like quite a deep spiritual practice. Like I have a lot of tools like in my kit that, you know, I'm aware of that I can kind of implement when I'm feeling a certain way and then yeah. for six months it was great and then for six months it was really 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 hard and I was like oh this is the like the grief roller coaster people talk about yeah, yeah and... because the point is is that first bit is denial yeah yeah, yeah they say that relief and denial are kind of linked together because you're relieved because you're in denial about quite how hard the struggle is kind yeah of and actually, it's almost like, you know, you've been waiting for so long for this thing and then you get it and you're like, oh, thank God. And then it's over as if like, you know, <laughs> done that it just goes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, oh, fine now. Yes. Like, my life's great. <laughs> and I remember like I went for a walk with my dad because I was staying with him at the time. And he was like, how do you feel? I was like, oh, I feel really good, dad. He's like, oh, that's great. It made sense to me. And I think it sort of made sense to my dad that that's what it was um but yeah oh I was you know ADHD is my superpower for a long time you <laughs> yeah. know everybody up um <laughs> which you know part of it absolutely is but I think also then it became my fucking kryptonite and that was yeah and I think there's also this thing of like it was last year it was about this time last year actually and I it wasn't COVID, but I got really ill. And I don't know if I just fell into quite a deep depression for a bit, but I spent like a couple of weeks in bed, um, couldn't really get up. I'd seen a friend just before I went in the hole and she was like, oh yeah, you were not in a good place. And I think I suddenly realized, oh no, these things that happen, they're going to happen forever because mm. this is why. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just having a bad week. I've, you know, put my sunglasses in a safe place haven't seen them for four months like and then do you know what I mean it's like and and even just kind of walking into a room forgetting why I've gone in or I've gone to cook something but then seeing that that part of the fridge needs cleaning and then there's like something over there and it's and now I'm like oh my god like, what are you doing but I think it was the realization that no this is it forever it's like this kind of I always felt like I was going to get past my because yeah 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 Dominantly, kind of quite yeah. emotional really yeah so totally like, oh, this trauma and all oh, this depression and then I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this magical place and then it was like oh great this is what that all was oh shit it's gonna be like this forever yeah <laughs> yeah it's really really hard because even though you know the tools or I guess you know medication I don't know actually about medication so I won't speak on it but like you know the things that I do they're there and they help but it's not like it's not something that's cured no and there was something someone said to me the other day, which again, you know, if you don't know, like I, I love it when people do ask me questions about it when they don't know rather than just assume. But she was like, um, oh, how often do you feel your ADHD symptoms? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, well, like how often in a week? I was like, in a week? I was like, <laughs> basically every minute of the day. Like, <laughs> I like, and that again was quite shocking to me to be like oh that's why that's like this but it isn't just like you know I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine Thursday hits and I'm like oh I'm a bit ADHD I'm like oh, it's every single minute of every single day and sometimes it's dealt with sometimes it's not but it's it's non-stop and she couldn't believe it 
it's wild because obviously like sometimes you're aware of it yeah those times are quite good because then you can kind of control things a little bit better but it's the times yeah. when you're not aware of it and it's yeah. which is the majority of the time yeah. which is the majority yeah. of the time and it's only yeah. when you catch yourself is when you can help yourself essentially yeah or if someone else catches you yeah like I was at um I was at my friend's wedding on Saturday and um it was great really beautiful lovely day but I've just had um braces taken off so I've got um metal bars behind my teeth now mm. and my tongue keeps going up to touch them so I've got loads of ulcers and I can't stop thinking about it like that's the thought that plays in my head I kid you not every fucking person at this wedding don't matter what they were talking about that's what I was offering as a conversation because <laughs> you know when it's just like in your head yeah and I woke up on a Sunday morning and I was like oh my god I told everyone about <laughs> yeah and then the oversharing and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. they went someone was like talking about dating a footballer and I was like well I've just had my braces off and I've got ulcers on my tongue and I'm like oh my god stop it (laughs) but you know it's fine everyone wakes up on a I don't know everyone at that wedding was like oh I hope I wasn't embarrassing I was like oh I'm glad everyone else feels shame even you know neurotypical shame that's fine I was like at least we're all in the same boat in some degree You could have done far worse than talk about your ulcers, definitely. I've gone on stage, I've gone on stage to sing with my band and I've told the whole crowd that I've been for a nervous poo just because (laughs) I was nervous and anxious on stage. And I was like, I need to talk, I need to talk. What can I talk about? And I'll I'll just tell them that I've been for a nervous poo. The whole whole place knew that I'd been for a nervous poo. Did they laugh? Yeah, everyone was laughing. Everyone was laughing. It was was information that they just didn't need to know, but I couldn't help them. actually hurt my face. (laughs) I feel like that's it. Like once it's in your head... Mm -hmm. And I've what I did, I don't know if even this is an ADHD thing, but if I'm thinking about something and I know I'm going to see people and it's something I shouldn't say, I really have to sort of talk myself into, like reminding myself that that's not a a good thing to say. Like if it's kind of a bit of gossip or something, like obviously big secrets, you know, I'm a vault, but if it's something that I've just, you know, I've been thinking about, it's been playing on my mind and I have, have noticed I've had to be like, no, we don't do that and again I think there are elements of it that do make me sad I guess because I wish I you know there's in my 20s you know when I used to kind of party a lot or whatever and when alcohol's kind of thrown into the mix or you know drugs or whatever and you are a bit looser and you you're kind of you know you don't have as many inhibitions I probably have said stuff I shouldn't I remember telling someone his girlfriend was cheating on him it wasn't even my place to say that and it was like it caused quite a big thing and I was like, fuck, like, I don't think I have that thing of like, am I a bad person? I think I'm a bad person. I'm a terrible person. And my friend's like, bad people don't contemplate if they're bad. They just think they're exactly. good. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then there's so much kind of shame and guilt for all of that shit. And I guess there is an element of like, there's yeah, sadness that that happened that I didn't know, you know? Yeah, 100%. There's a lot about, um, like Sherry Scott was saying, um, your wee people, so like going back to your inner child, you know, or, or reflecting back to your younger self and kind of giving that person, but well, even though it's you, but that younger version of you some love for all yeah. the things that you've ever beaten yourself up for, that you've ever been, you know, embarrassed about or ashamed of, because yeah. we've all been dragging that horse around, you know? Yeah, yeah it's heavy, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. that takes us to the next. The next part is what, what do you think undiagnosed ADHD has cost you? I mean, like literally it's, you know, it's expensive as in money wise, because I mean, again, I'm, I think this is quite uh, well a trait that a lot of people have. I buy food and then forget I have it to the point where I've set reminders on my phone when things are going off. Yeah. I'll just put it away and then forget about it and not know that I have it. And it's like so wasteful. Oh, I'll buy a load of veg and I'll make some soups and do this. Completely forget about everything. And then it's like, I've got to eat all of this in like 12 hours. (laughs) Or then I'll make it and then I'll be like, oh, great. That's me for the week. I'd be like, I don't want that. Yeah. I've had a bit of a bad day and I'm like, oh, dopamine. Where am I going to get that from? And I'm like, pizza. (laughs) It's like, yeah, good. Absolutely. Follow through. Um, And then, you know, used to be quite impulsive with money, just not really kind of understand it, I suppose. So that I think is, I think it's been, it's taken me longer to do things that probably someone not in my situation or with my brain, beautiful brain has. Um, But I do think it's made some relationships very difficult. Some family relationships, I can look back, like I've been out with some dickheads but I can also Mm -hmm. kind of acknowledge my role in some of those relationships and and even if it was like staying for too long I Mm. think there's certain things that whether I acted like a dick or they have you know and I think I mean do you know what the biggest thing I think is self-esteem I think that's the the thing that really kicks my ass and I think that's the one thing I feel like that's quite a dominant like symptom or trait of my ADHD and I think that's the thing that I work the hardest every day to maintain but you know those days when you're just so tired and then you just let it slip and I think it's so much harder to get back up from there Mm -hmm. but I think because of how people have responded to me or the way that I've been in like you know a parent not understanding that or you know thinking I was acting up or people thinking I'm being rude when if I'm uncomfortable in a situation I look like I just don't give a fuck or I'm not in the room or I'm moody it's made relationships very difficult okay well this is very strange um we have had a bit of a disaster the uh zoom has been kicking door now all night and now it just won't let her back in so we are in our separate houses speaking to the wonderful Hannah Walker-Brown having a lovely old natter and then disaster strikes, and we've been trying to get back into this <laughs> into this interview for about twenty minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if Hannah never wanted us to darken her door again. But she's here! Yay! Right, let's crack on because I really don't want to take up any more of your time, Hannah. Thank you so much. No, that's okay. So Dawn says we had got to. What has undiagnosed ADHD cost you? So we have done that. Do you feel like you covered all of that? Because you were talking about self-esteem was probably the greatest ADHD tax that you felt. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we spoke about food going off. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I'm so bad for fruit. and it's Me too. Fruit is the worst. So hard. And it's like, it's there and you know you should eat it, but you never really fancy it. And then you think, oh, no, I will eat it. And then it's like, too late I remember doing this when I was younger even like at uni yogurts yeah always yogurts and I remember looking at them tonight and being like oh I've got three days left on these I have one a day for the next three days but <laughs> I know it'll get to Saturday and I'll be like ah oh, fuck my yogurts but it's like when you look in the fridge and you look at the date on something and it's like 
10 days out you're like yeah to 10 days go (laughs) yeah it's I don't know there's something although I say some things you can still eat but I did want to eat a yogurt that had gone past its day and it it was not not the one (laughs) no it was like a public situation and I was like I had a few seconds I was fine but it was like (laughs) I know I was like what never never do that again so I think somebody was said to me like fine yogurt's meant to be fermented or something like I don't know I was convinced (laughs) And because I just felt it was wasteful, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll eat it. And then I was like, no, no, you cannot. Never again, never again. Oh, dear. I'm back. (laughs) Yay. I'm so sorry. Don't worry, it's fine. Technical difficulties. We just finished talking about the ADHD tax. We talked about it some more. So it's just moving on to the next question, which is... What has changed for you since diagnosis? Do you know what? I would say... Even in the really, like on the really shit days when it still feels really hard, I still feel better knowing than not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just something, even though it's frustrating and it makes me sad sometimes, I think there's something that says, you know, at least like, at least I know what it is. I don't know. There's something slightly comforting about kind of not being in sort of, I don't know, no woman's land anymore and and knowing that that's the situation. I think. There's certain situations, I think I wrote a post about this. So like, and I said it earlier about, I find it very difficult to read written instructions. So I will never look at an IKEA instruction manual ever. Always put things together back to front the first time, but then we saw it out. But even with like, um, like processes and my job is a lot of admin and I don't honestly, I don't know how I've managed to do it until this point, but now I will say, I struggle with this. Can I have a demonstration? Or if, and restaurants as well were a big thing. If things were like quite chaotic or there was sound coming in or it wasn't quite balanced in the room or there were bright lights here or, you you know, things that would just kind of send me into sensory overload. Now my friends can recognize it. And I remember one friend and it was quite early on. She said, do you want to sit outside? And I was like, yeah thank you because before I just sort of struggle or the other thing I'd do was drink more if I was out like I don't really drink very much anymore at all but that's how I would compensate for kind of leveling and not not everything so I think I definitely make healthier choices now it's really good and actually do you know what it it's nice to be part of a community where everyone like gets it like one of the first people I spoke to was James from um oh they've just changed their name haven't they the ADHD adults adults yeah there was something else before they had a rebrand um (laughs) and finding people like that very early on who were really kind to me Mm -hmm. and who like whose posts I was like reading I was like oh my god like that's me or you know you guys have got this like amazing new platform and it's like just hearing other people talk about I think is I would never have even I, I mean maybe eventually I would have but Knowing I have it and then knowing where to go. Yeah. Not feel so alone, I think is important. I think there's two there's two things that I've taken away from what you've said is that when you said having the answer like not being in no woman's land, what I heard, and I don't know if this is what you meant, was like, it's not your fault. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The days yeah. are hard when you're like, oh my God, I've done this and I've fucked this up and blah, 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 whatever. At least you know why and you don't have to beat yourself yeah. up to carry the weight of that exactly and you know there's this thing that I I found myself saying it a lot and I think it's it's that thing isn't it you know they tell you to like repeat a mantra and then you'll finally believe it but I keep saying to myself I forgive you 
Whereas before I'd just, I'd yeah. be so hard. I'm still quite hard on myself, but I'd be so hard on myself if I, and actually someone did remind me, like my 100 is a lot of people's 40, yeah. like percentage wise. And I even have a hundred tattooed on me here for that reason, just to remember. So, and it's like, but I feel if I'm not like breaking my back on the floor, like giving it everything, then I'm not good enough. And um, actually, you see that yeah. curve in my throat. I'm getting a lump in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I know it I mean but it is and it's like I don't know if I could have lived another 33 years feeling like that do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like that's really not a good place to be with yourself and so yeah a bit more self-compassion I think and forgiveness it definitely a hundred percent and you know what you're saying about the community like that is everything so we we found so James and I have a mutual friend and he got listening to their podcast so he didn't even know that I was going through the diagnosis process. It was all really um, serendipitous. Dawn and I had had the conversation. And so I passed their podcast on to Dawn. And that's how this all started happening because that podcast was literally like, yeah, the saving, the savior of it was like sitting around and going through this thing that apparently lots of people are going through right now, but nobody I know apart from Dawn, but we were sort of, you know, just scrabbling through finding our way. And mm-hmm. so that's when we saw the value and the thing that's so, well, one of the many things that's so incredible about the, that podcast and the work that that charity does is the education side of it. So mm. you're really, you know, they're both going through it. So you can sort of laugh at it in that way, but also th- this is why, and this is what it's all about. And this is what's happening. Yeah. So useful and so useful to be able to pass that on, especially when you're trying to educate other people in your life about it. So for yeah. us, from our side, it was like, okay so we can literally see the value of this like this has helped us so much like what what are we about and we are more of the feeling side like we're we're not you know we're not scientists you know the bits that we know are are through the boys really so we see the value in that camaraderie that that joint experience that that joint understanding you know and it is like everyone was speaking when you were speaking there I literally could have howled crying just saying so I was like, oh my God, that's, that's it that's it yeah really you know we say all the time to lean into the community but the value of it like it is invaluable to, to like say to, to feel so separate to have all these people that know what that feels like like my gosh that's everything isn't it but the thing that I always think and I I watched um that Stutz Jonah Hill thing on um Netflix last night where he's interviewing his therapist and and I was really moved by it because I was like the thing that happens like when you are vulnerable and when you're like you know willing to express what's going on and be kind of upfront about how you're feeling give permission for other people to do that as well so I think by doing a podcast like this or even like with his doc I was like the fact that he's even bringing this to a Netflix audience someone else watching who maybe has never engaged with therapy or engaged with anything like this will will then find some confidence to also kind of be up front oh no we've lost her again we've lost her again (laughs) I feel like she was about to speak and then I cut in and then she just went (laughs) oh no but yeah no totally like totally agree with what you're saying and that that is the point it's like the awareness it, it works on so many levels because it's like you're bringing something you know to the table a conversation keeping the conversation going making more people aware of it but it's the validation as well yeah. which is so 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 important yeah and I think that it's so important to find that yourself because you're not always going to get it from other people like you're not going even the people closest to you you know 
whether that's sometimes it is because they're not sure they believe it but sometimes it is just because they don't understand um or like the media isn't always going to validate your experience in fact like nine times out of ten it's going to invalidate your experience and then (laughs) (laughs) that was the guardian (laughs) (laughs) so I think you you have to validate yourself because that's sometimes the only person that's going to be on your side so I think you know obviously there's an amazing community but you have to do it here first I'm like I don't know if this is a podcast but I'm like touching my heart (laughs) but yeah that's do you have any do you have any pearls for us of how to do that god it takes work you know I think that's the other thing it's hard isn't it it's like trial and error yoga definitely helps me but that helps me get everything in my brain into my body so I can start to kind of figure it out exercise really helps me obviously drinking enough water eating right um the other thing that I found is not just kind of ADHD community, but hanging around with people that really see you for you. So like, you know, your core people, not necessarily loads of people, but just someone that reminds you of like your goodness, I think. Yeah. That helps. And I think like for me, it helps to like journal, write everything down. Um, All those things people tell you for self-love, you know, you can kind of roll your eyes at a gratitude list, but I think sometimes it does work when you, yeah. you're like, oh my God, actually. Yeah. Quite a lot of things and it's the last thing you want to do when you feel like shit. But actually it's what I've found is it's it's trying to build those habits in so that then they do just kind of become second nature. I say that, then I'll have a week where I'm like, oh, nothing works and I'm going to eat this and I'm not going to exercise. But it's those moments where you really need to kind of dig deep, isn't it? And and remind yourself that, you know. It's like like practice, isn't it? It's like practice of of trying to do that. and. I think the problem with, well, there's two things going on, isn't there? It's like a lack of self-worth. It's like we were saying, like, I don't deserve to feel good. I don't deserve to put yeah. this up. Mm-hmm. It's also the fact that a lot of ADHDers struggle with um, routine. Routine, yeah, know. yeah. So trying to make a habit out of good habits is is in itself quite hard when you yeah. don't have a habitual brain, like, you know. Yeah. I think something that I've noticed is, you know, like when it comes to journaling and stuff, like I'll I'll buy diaries and then I'm like, oh, that was a waste of money or whatever but something I've learned is that it doesn't matter if you know you miss a week yeah yeah like just like in the past I would have just given up I'd have just been like well I've missed a week I'm yeah Yeah. I've missed a week I've not kept up with it I'm just not going to bother doing it but now I've learned that that doesn't matter you can just come back to it whenever you you can you can pick it up again just because you've fallen off the horse doesn't mean to say you have to stay off of the horse yeah yeah and um like I, I've been buying diaries with dates, and I've learnt that you can actually get journals that aren't dated. And so, therefore, if you miss a week, if you miss two weeks, if you miss three weeks, it doesn't matter. So now everything going forward is undated. I think that that's so true, though. It's that thing of like you say, right, that's it. I'm going to keep it. Yesterday, for example, I, I started cold water swimming, and I, I saw someone had done like so three thousand. Yeah, right also very very helpful mm-hmm. someone was I read an article um some guy was swimming every day for 3,000 days and I was like oh I think I'm going to swim every day for the next year and I was like why am I doing this for myself like <laughs> I feel but, yeah. 30 for me is probably a good place to, or seven <laughs> you know but it's that one day I'd miss I'd be like oh I'm a failure I'm an idiot yeah. like I don't deserve to swim like just, <laughs> and where that smile goes and I'm like just do it 
but for no reason other than you want to do it like no no yeah. it's like it's nice to have a target see if you can but yeah it's I, I it's funny that just how hard we are on ourselves for things that we have imposed yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. in the scheme of everything don't it's really matter yeah it's perfectionism it's also all or nothing it's all or yeah. Nothing. yeah yeah it's if it's on someone else if I have to someone gives me a deadline that I have to meet I still might only do it the day before but I will stay up 24 hours and get it done and it will be there if I impose my own deadline like this writing a book was like the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life because it is exacerbated all of my symptoms I was like going through the diagnosis at the same time also trying to kind of explain to people but I was like wow they were so patient with me like they were so patient they were so I was so lucky to have a publisher that was happy for me to do it on my terms because they were like right we usually do it chapter by chapter this by this and I was like that ain't gonna work for me I was like I don't write things in order I wrote chapter nine first and then I went like back so they let me just do a full draft and that was what I handed in but I think if that had been another situation someone hadn't been that accepting or had kind of allowed that I probably wouldn't have had a book but again those self-imposed deadlines yeah it is that perfectionism and criticism if you set yourself an unachievable goal or let's just say you go like right I've got right three thousand words by tomorrow and like that involves you staying up for 24 hours maybe bit by bit if we're believing that this is a process and a process at which we're going to get to acceptance then maybe at the 20th hour the first time (laughs) around you might go oh this is fucking ADHD yeah 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 do you know what I mean? And maybe yeah, yeah. awareness and like bit by bit, like self-inventory, self-awareness, like you maybe we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Although saying that, there's something I kind of buzz on about doing those full late night stints when you just oh, get yeah. into that zone. And I'm like, no one can touch me. I'm like on a roll. I was like living with a friend last year and was making a, a documentary podcast. And I was making the music until like six in the morning. I was just there. And she'd get up for work and she'd be like, have you been to sleep yet? I'd be like, no, (laughs) don't even come into my focus. And then even though I'd be up all night and then have a few hours sleep and then go to work, I was like high as a kite. Yeah, I was into it until obviously, you know, the inevitable crash. But there's something quite like (laughs) adrenaline. Yeah, it's quite intoxicating. Yeah, no, you're right. It is because you're running off adrenaline. We've done it like last few weeks. I did the website launched an e-commerce store in literally three days I did oh my God. three days and then the whole website designed from start to finished wow. and launched and then dawn was doing our community platform all day yesterday i clocked <laughs> up i was up all night trying to sort out this booking system so then i went to bed dawn got up it's like we did we did we like cross paths and shifts yeah and yeah I went outside, came back, and then you were like, right, that's me. <laughs> I, I, I came out in, like, hot flashes and everything. <laughs> like, at the end of it, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm, I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Like, my hands have all gone cold. Like, <laughs> having, hot, like, cold cold sweats here. I, I think I need to stop. <laughs> I think it's that thing, isn't it? It's like when you've been in, like, a nightclub all night and you come out of the doors and you suddenly realise... That you're not in that space anymore and then you're cold and you're shivering and there's like people and it's light and, and you're yeah. Like creature. <laughs> yeah yeah that creature yeah. <laughs> right 
where where are you at on the late diagnosis roller coasters? I think I, I I always feel like I'm going sort of back and forth. But today I feel I feel really the last few days, other than you know the ulcers on tongue braces story shame from the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, <laughs> I've been feeling quite good. I'm feeling quite at peace and and accepting and I think I've I've been able to actually for for maybe the first time really start to kind of find a routine with some things and making sure that I'm getting going to exercise and and I've you know there's people that hold me accountable if I don't you know or just say come on you know you can do it and I don't know I just I feel a lot more at peace than I have for a long time I think this time last year I was in I was the the bottom of the bottom and I don't feel mm. like like high and excited and everything's amazing but I'm just kind of feel more accepting I think than I have for, for a long time that's fantastic nice. yeah Yay. but it could all change <laughs> any minute <laughs> talking of change if you could make any changes to the um, diagnostic process Oh, would you that, and what would they be? Yes. Like, first of all, that doctor I had should, I feel, no, do you know what? Oh, the NHS, but, <laughs> yeah, get it in the bin. I think, you know, mental health, neurodegenerative disorders, disease, still so misunderstood. And I think expecting a GP to have an awareness of all of that, plus everything else, plus the way things are going, is quite a lot to ask. I think... There needs to be, I mean, I don't know, if I had, if I could change anything, it would be more money resources, people within those positions, because it's so, it's so difficult in 15 minutes, you need a therapy session to kind of unpack a lot of this stuff in the beginning, I think, and therapy is expensive, wait lists are long, and I think it's, it's that, and also just this idea of, no, you don't have that, before you can even, yeah really talk about that you do I think there's a whole self defending yourself like yeah yeah um I think you know to be fair after that although there was a lot of paperwork I did think I mean I felt quite lucky in how quickly mine progressed and then even follow-up after that and then the follow-up for um therapy those things like and every time I was told you know this might take a while so I was informed in all of those stages afterwards but I think the lead up to that was the thing that was just really difficult and I see why a lot of people go do you know what fuck this I'm not doing it yeah. or I'm not I'm not going to another doctor to prove myself or I'm not having another argument with someone or you know taking another batch of antidepressants that aren't working because that's not what the root of the problem is it's a symptom of the problem so I think that's quite a big ask, isn't it, in the world? But We're not ever going to get there if we don't talk about the possibilities. Does it actually have to be as complex? And it doesn't seem that it does. And so that takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. So if, if if the wait is too long and the resources aren't there, then it is the system that needs to change, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we're still, you know, it's getting better, but we still don't, you know, we look after the body, you know, blood, broken bones, you know, we know what that is, we know not to harm it. Broken brain or, you know, disordered brain, we can't see it. It's very hard. It's like, it's quite conceptual. And I just don't think we're at the same, mental health is obviously 
got more and more kind of mainstream more people are talking about it but still not at the level where it's taken seriously enough yeah that funding is going there or more people are being trained there or it's being resourced properly and I think that's a problem the other thing that I think is really important is just more nuanced reporting and articles and media representation because I think if you only show one side that also means that a lot of people aren't seeking a diagnosis or like we said with that Guardian article when you minimize it it stops people from seeking a diagnosis so I think everyone has a responsibility media medical and I guess even us as people that have this and have platforms to some extent like just to keep talking about it and I notice it's you know I want to talk about it all the time (laughs) and I if I kind of take time and I start posting about it and it's people always say it's very helpful but then I get that thing where I'm like I'm bored of Instagram or I I get I feel self-conscious or something else kicks in and I'll go away and do something else and then I'll come back and do it again but I think it's kind of on all of us to be that change exactly that's so so true and you know it's funny because we as I've said well I said when we weren't recording but we have (laughs) been working behind the scenes to try and get some sort of answer from the Guardian just apology and acknowledgement and there's been none the only thing that I had had back which was through a contact who said something along the lines of we don't do tit for tat. We don't do retaliation. It's been too long. This is now like two weeks or something. It's been too long. But what we could do is talk about these girls' merchandise. Oh, and my God. I was absolutely fuming. Oh, just my like, God. Why the fuck would we talk about that? Like, I'm not being rude. Like, we're so happy that uh, the lovely Rebecca came to us and had this lovely idea for jewellery because we didn't want to go and just get a load of T-shirts from some factory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's yeah. the only thing that we're doing. But that is not what we're about. And That and is so outrageous. Isn't it? I think we should write a counter article. We should get our heads together. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be up for that. Um, I'm going to start a Substack newsletter about this not about the guardian but just my personal experience going through it just because I was like what can I what can I do what can I do that's helpful but I think that needs to be like a hundred percent yeah because what it's about yeah what it's about is setting a precedent for what is acceptable what is morally acceptable in the discourse about a brain disorder and if you're going to print anything other than what is morally acceptable for any other disability then it shows that you do see it as a disability which yeah. legally is. So, okay, not everybody likes the word dis- disability. It's not a dirty word. But no. I understand why people, some people don't want to see that in themselves. But the p- fact remains, legally, it is a disability. And yeah. no other disability would be disregarded in the media like ADHD is. And no, and also there was no acknowledgement of the impact, like the wider impact that that can have, because it isn't just about the individual. It isn't just about adults. It's also about kids. If you minimize that, you stop, you know, schools stop creating spaces where kids can thrive, yes. workplaces. Like there's a lot of things that need to be implemented in order for people who have ADHD to even be able to do their job a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when everything's online, you're not seeing people you know, you're at home, which is like really distracting a lot of the time. And I just think it was really irresponsible. And the fact they said tit for tat, and I'm like, this. Yeah. And 
62 pages, 62 pages of people's responses of how appalled they were, how distraught they were, the damage that was done. No acknowledgement, none. Like, my goodness, what is yeah, it? Yeah, so we, disgusting. We'll carry on. We'll carry on trying. Um, yeah, anyway, well, that's it. Just don't, can't let them just sort of Just ignore us and hope that we go away. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Right, yeah, yeah. what are we up to? Tell us some positives. I think you have told us some really lovely positives in, in yeah. the self-forgiveness. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like to add to that? I think that's the biggest one. And I also, you know, I do credit it for a lot of the, you know, the amazing stuff I've done in my life and, you know, the kind of the level of empathy I have for other people and, you know, for all the kind of friction it's caused in relationships, it's also allowed me to really nurture some amazing ones and with strangers as well. Like I was the person people will tell shit to, even at your age. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like... I'll be the only person sitting on a bus and someone will come and sit next to me and start talking, not in a, like a creepy way, but just in a like, oh, you feel safe. Yes. So, yeah, I think, and, you know, creativity and imagination and all of those things, communication, I guess also for all its sins, feeling a lot, like having heightened emotions, I would much rather have that than not feel anything or just be on like this baseline. You know, it is a roller coaster, but I do get the highs. And they're really high. So, yeah. I mean, someone said, if you could not have it, would you? And I think that would change on the day. But I think ultimately, I probably would. I'd keep it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's it's a tricky one. But what I will say, because I've got a friend who was sort of think, you know, thinking that she might have it and, you know, really, you know, then you get that anger and that hurt. And she was like, you know, like what other kind of life could I have had and that kind of thing. And I said, but my love, my God, we have lived. Yeah. Yeah. The things we have oh, done. Me. Yeah. 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 Lived. Like nobody could say, nobody could say otherwise, you know, and it's been yeah. scary and intense and terrible and amazing and brilliant and awful. And that's what life is, is all of the yeah. things. And and with us being enthusiastic, risk taking kind of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And things. <laughs> yeah, and it's I don't know sometimes, and I've heard myself say it before. I'm like, I wish I didn't care so much, or I wish I didn't didn't need to be brave. Like I wish I just had like this, you know. I'll say normal. I don't mean like I don't want to say normal because that's not quite right. But if everything was just kind of on the same level, and sometimes I crave that. I just yeah. you know. But then I'm like, do I? I don't think I do. Like, I, I want to be brave and I want to feel it all and I want to, like, fuck it up. And yeah. because then you just don't get that really rich experience, like you said, and like, and live. I want to feel alive. Yes. And with that, always is pain. Like, you yeah. can't have one without the other. Like, obviously, uncertainty, which is, like, really difficult when you're trying to make a decision. And I'm like, I don't know which one to make. <laughs> but it's like, that's the kind of bargain you make, isn't it? In life, generally. Like, you can't have the good without the bad. Yeah. But, yeah. Some days I'm like, why? But m- I think now I'm reaching a point where I'm like, you know, this is it and and this is okay. That's lovely. That's really, really nice. Is there anything else you would like to add? I don't think so. I've just had such a nice time. <laughs> right, about 17 cut-offs. And all I know. I don't even mind. I'm like, it's, it's just wonderful. a really great chat to you guys. I'm like such a fan. So we lost Dawn, but like we said, we've got to get a few little interjections. So. 
in the education she could just uh, do a little <laughs> i agree yeah hmm <laughs> <laughs> i know if you put this video anywhere you'll just see her keep like popping in and out at different positions i'm quite into it um no i think that's it no, thank I you so much yeah <laughs> Listen, sorry for all the um, no, don't worry, craziness that's gone on with us, but thank you so much for persevering because honestly, she's back for the last two minutes. I'm so sorry. No, don't worry. It's fine. Well, we are about to run out of time and we don't want to take up any more of yours. So thank you so much. No, that's thank okay. You with us. No, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And if you need anything else, just um, let me know. Yeah, lovely. Well, thank you so much. We'll definitely thank be in you. touch. And let's. Yeah, cool. Get to the Guardian, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Right, lovely. Oh, Thank right. you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 So what an incredible shambles of a fantastic, informative catastrophe of a podcast episode was that? Yeah. It, it, it was <laughs> nice to go back and then listen to it, the parts that I missed, and be like, oh, right, okay. This, that's that. what went on. <laughs> I thought, oh, I missed that bit, but that's really nice. That's, that's good. That's interesting. Honestly, so, that that woman, she is something else, isn't she, though? Patience of a saint. Patience of a saint. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Like, and I, it's just... I think what really resonates is that that really difficult balance of like if if the way that your ADHD can present to you is that you're a push 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 go 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 person is like where do you draw the line between like driven and like basically abusing yourself for yeah. one of the words especially with hyperfocus it's almost like there's two things at play like what kind of hit home for me is like you know like we've said so many times if if you've taken on this belief, if you have low self-esteem that you're not good enough, then you've always got this drive because you've got something to prove or come on, like you're lazy, C- crack on, do another 10 hours or something. Mm. But then on the other hand, you've got hyper-focus. Yeah. So you don't realise the time that has passed. So yeah, it's super interesting about self-care. I mean, bless her eating the yoghurt because she didn't want to waste it. <laughs> I mean, she made herself ill. Like... Oh, Hannah, we love her so much and she's doing amazing, amazing things. So thank you so much for talking yeah, to us. Yeah, and we definitely look forward to working with her in the future. Yeah, 100%. Cause... All about the collaboration with the community. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So Dawn, what's the most ADHD thing you've done this week? Oh, God, right. Well, we could talk about this situation right here that you just divulged. Which one? Oh, well, well, well right now. <laughs> I mean, there's a, few, there's a few, to be honest, right now... The key, my keyboard um, for my computer has run out of battery and I don't know where the charging cable is so I can't get that charged up I've, I'm, I've got a cordless mouse as well and because I take my laptop to uni with me um, don't know where that you is you don't know where the mouse is I don't know where the mouse is it's, it's on somewhere. an adventure but, but the one that I was remembering was when we went to get our lovely new tattoo. yes <laughs> what is it called the tattoo part again Rebel Rebel, Rebel. Inc yeah, yeah. Um, in Aberdeen so and the wonderful the wonderful Kilo Alpha Kirsten yes. who did our t- tattoo she's just fantastic so fantastic it literally did not hurt Mm-mm. she's incredible so gentle so yeah when we went to get our new our new tattoos to celebrate our 200 oh, yeah. 200,000 <laughs> downloads um, we we parked my car somewhere that I had to pay for parking and I said right we need to remember for me to top it up when it runs out so the first time it ran out topped it up that was fine the second time it ran out i got a text message saying your parking is due to run out in five minutes 
obviously somewhere in that five minutes distraction yeah, came yeah. and I forgot to top up my parking. So I was like, no! So for, I think it was at least two two hours, at least two hours, my car was sitting with no, no, par- car, no yeah. parking paid for. So we had to do that sneaky thing. Well, not even, not sneaky, but you know, like the, the apprehensive, yeah. the apprehensive Has walk. it got a ticket? Has it got a ticket? Has it got a ticket? Is there something there? But thankfully, thankfully, I managed to get away with it and there yeah. was no ticket. But I do it all the time. It's like, Park and run out, top it up. Nope, forgot. That's exactly Just... what... that. No, sorry, that's not exactly. That's the opposite of what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that when we were looking at our what tattoo designs we were going to get, so obviously we've got, <laughs> we got our logo ladies that basically symbolise us um on, that's on the cover of the podcast mm-hmm. and uh sorry i'll get there in a minute my brain just fell out of my ears um and um and we wanted them to be similar but different because we are and it's symbolic also of the podcast how we say adhd presents differently in every single person so we had these designs but we knew that we wanted a dopamine molecule in there so i go on to google do google images just to make sure i've got it right but you know how google images sometimes throws up different images that are related to the image. So we very nearly got the wrong molecule tattooed on us. Yep. But luckily at the very last minute, I was like, hang on a minute, do you know what? I'm just going to check. I'm just going to make sure it was a completely different molecule. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very fortunate that Laura <laughs> suddenly thought suddenly decided to check this because we, we would have had something similar to the dopamine mo- molecule. <laughs> But not the dopamine molecule. And both of us, because yeah. I had looked up a dopamine molecule, like um, I wanted flowers and stuff around yeah. mine, and mine was incorrect as well. So yeah. both of us yeah. had, had the incorrect but molecule. But then they really, truly would have been ADHD AF tattoos. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That wasn't even the one I was going to tell. I'm I really was going to say there's another one, uh, isn't yeah, there? I wasn't even going to tell that one, but... Um, yeah, so I am premenstrual. Ladies uh, who are on medication will know that, or not on medication, basically... Is this something different from the tattoo one? Yeah, what was the tattoo one? The fact that you were late? Oh yeah, I was really late. I thought it was half an hour later than it was, and so I literally had to just jump out of bed, throw anything on that was near to me that was not appropriate dressing, and not put a brush through my hair and run out, or we'd have missed the bloody appointment. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so... I'm premenstrual and um, it, it obviously the hormones um, exacerbate the symptoms and also I just think maybe they just make your meds not work or something. So yeah. yesterday I was making dinner. I got out the, um, whatchamacallit? Tin opener. Tin opener, there we go. <laughs> and, um, and I literally, I'm not kidding you, I could not figure out how to use it. Like... Not even a clue. Like, I couldn't... I mean, it is a strange tin opener. It's like two wheels next to each other. So it's how you attach it onto the can is a bit strange. It's not as you would imagine. It sort of cuts the top off. But literally, I could not figure out how to even attach it to the can. I tried for 15 minutes and then in the end, I most ashamed had to go and ask Big to open it for me. And the thing about that, people is that we've had the same tin opener for four fucking years. <laughs> I use it every single week. Oh, Laura. I know, I know. Oh, bless. <laughs> These things happen. It was it was quite a week for things, yeah. things that we've done. Yeah. So there you go. 
But we, lo- we love our tattoos. We're so excited about them. I keep thinking mine's going to wash off or rub off. Like when I wash it, I think I'm going to like smudge it. I it's just won't funny. stay in my head that it's going to be there forever. It's so funny. <laughs> she, she was telling me she's sleeping in the bed with her arm out of the bed and everything. And I'm like literally, because I'm clarted in tattoos, <laughs> I like, you know, put the cream on like when I remember, if I remember, and kind of just leave it and don't well, really I'm think about it. I'm walking with my arm out like something's going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to like wash off in the shower or something it's not and there's our differences we haven't done differences for a while have we <laughs> yeah. there you go um so we should probably probably shut up now yeah but thank you so so much to hannah do remember to get in touch with her for her project because she is an award-winning wonderful legend so whatever she's doing will be fantastic yeah um and yeah we just are so grateful for her for supporting us the way that she is so yes. thank you so much thank hannah. you hannah we love you and um, thank you to everyone who is supporting our community. We won't bang on about it anymore, but you are quite literally making this podcast happen. So yep. if you can get involved, we really, really would appreciate it. And hopefully Dawn can put all of her non-uni time into ADHDAF yeah. because the things we can do. I've exactly. got something else I want to say, but it's too long. It's not. It's okay. Yeah, the thing I was going to say is completely random, but I, I was just thinking about, I was speaking to a friend um, about all the different things that we want to do with the podcast to raise, well, not with the podcast, but all the things we want to do as ADHDAF to raise awareness and to push the message and going forward. And I explained it all to her and she went, gosh, that's really funny how you've just put that all together in a package because absolutely none of those things are related to each other in any way, shape or form. <laughs> and so it made me laugh so much. But then I was like, do you know what? I found a positive. Non-linear thinking. Yeah. As much as that can be difficult... Look at the doors that it can open. Absolutely. So bear with us. Please support us if you can, because we've got big plans and none of them are related. (laughs) (laughs) And on a final note, we have some new merchandise that is in our shop and that is available. So please check that out at ADHDasfemales.com. In the merchandise page. Yes. The F Mate and Bow Jumpers are a fundraiser for the ADHD Adults Charity. You've got an uh, inspired by the totem concept. You can wear our heart on your sleeve. And remember that you are not alone in your struggles. You are separate from your ADHD ADHD symptoms. And the whole leopard print army is right beside you. Absolutely. And on that note, we should probably get going. Yes. Yeah. We've chatted enough. Yeah. As always. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Take care. Look after yourself. Look after each other. Be kind, compassionate, and all of that jazz. Big love. Big Hopefully, love. chat to you in the community. Bye. <laughs> Bye. ADHDS females. ADHDAF. ADHDS females.